you know, I had some support, but it seems like today with Alana, there's more support. This is a lot of woke nonsense. Dude, Leah just wants to swim. Clearly, as a man, when she was swimming as a man, she was finishing 200, 300, 400. It's like, I don't need to see the elevation of turfs and transphobes. Well, at least I had the balls to stand up for uh, women and girls in sports. But Fox News, all the right-wing pundits, you know they won't be able to keep my name out of their mouth. I want to hear from women, not from biological males. The nerve of you, Carly Webb. And I know that you're trying to say man, 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 because that's the playbook, no. Dan. The first part of the playbook is it's, say that transgender women aren't women and cisgender women stink at sports. If we don't stop these transgenders now, they're going to turn your little boy into one. Good Lord makes you a boy when you're born, you're a boy. If you... Good Lord makes you a girl when you're born, you're a girl. You cannot get past this dehumanization when you have dinosaurs like this. It is imperative that we keep those biological males out of women's spaces. Think of the children. Were there certain voices in what you just heard that really pissed you off? Good. Hello again, everybody. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb, and this is the Transporter Room, the convergence of sports, transness, sci-fi, gaming, all things nerd and geek, and a lot of other stuff. And today begins Pride. So happy Pride, everybody. And I got a request for you. I know you want to go to Pride and shake your groove thing. I'm going to go to Pride and shake my groove thing. But we need to get back to the fight back, especially in Pride 2022. You have to consider maybe not taking the lanyard from Big Piggy Bank or blow them up defense or any other corporation trying to slap a rainbow on something to sell you something and instead be about something by picking up your brick, being ready to march, and making pride a fight back again. If your pride event's not radical, I won't wanna go. You heard it. Why do I feel that way? Well, no, maybe it's the 250 pieces of anti LGBTQ, mainly anti trans legislation that's flying through state houses from Maine to Maui right now. Maybe it's the fact that one year after flipping the bird to every LGBTQ American by signing an anti-trans bill to discriminate against kids on the first day of Pride, I'm Ron DeSantis and I want to be president. Just did it again with Don't Say Gay. I don't know, maybe it's the fact that in the state of Texas, the Lone Star KGB is trying to spy on affirming parents. Or maybe it's all these anti-trans bills, the latest passed back home again in Indiana. Or maybe it's Tennessee's slate of hate. Or maybe, just maybe, it was the way that a 22, now 23-year-old college kid got treated for months just because she's a trans woman who can swim fast. And by the way, on Tuesday night, she was all over the airwaves. Now, former University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas, she graduated last week, but will head off to law school and is talking about the Olympics, did her first network television interviews with ABC News and ESPN. Special shout out to one of my favorite journalists, ESPNW's Katie Barnes, who sat down face to face and they did a killer interview with Leah Thomas. Here's a piece of it. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about you specifically? Um, the, the biggest misconception I think is the reason why I transitioned, where, where people will say, oh, she just transitioned, so she would have an advantage, so she could win. I transitioned to be happy, to be true to myself. 
We will have the full interview in the liner notes. The way Leah was treated, even with the unflappable courage and mental toughness and grace that she showed through it all, it just shows another example of why pride needs to be a fight back. Another story like that looks to be in the making. And it took an interesting twist in the past week. Um, 19-year-old British cyclist Emily Bridges did an article with the UK's Diva magazine. And Diva decided not only were they going to give Emily an opportunity to present her side of what's a very messed up situation on Turf Island, they decided to bring in some fashion designers, some good makeup people, and they glowed Emily up. And I got to tell you, if you saw the cover, and we're going to show you the cover in the liner notes, um, they did a pretty dang good job. Not only that, from what I've heard from sources in the UK, the article is really, really good. I'm going to I'm going to grab it. In fact, I'm going to grab that issue and see for myself. But when I think of Emily Bridges, I think of another reason why pride needs to be a fight back. Just think about it. Emily Bridges was told by British Cycling that, oh, you're okay to compete. And then two weeks later, she gets the rug pulled out from under her. Now, I know, now let's consider why that is. Because a couple weeks before British Cycling made that decision, they saw the footage, I'm sure, of a group of nasty British transphobes led by the nastiest British transphobe, Kelly Jean King or Posey Parker, whatever name she's running with this week. They went and bought plane tickets. And they flew out of Heathrow or Gatwick or wherever. They flew 4,000 miles to Atlanta for one purpose. They weren't there to watch the Virginia Cavaliers. I don't think they were UVA swimming fans or Stanford swimming fans. What they were were provocateurs with one goal in mind. Hound, harass, and demean Leah Thomas. And they had friends in America. A certain nasty transphobe who lives in Minnesota and her merry band of transphobic Karens also got plane tickets and flew down to Atlanta for the same purpose. A group of people, a group of transphobes went down to pick on one person just because she happened to be trans and swims fast. And just a note to all you transphobes, especially those who are trying to hit up on my Twitter. Even the ones I had to dikembe. No matter how you feel about Leah Thomas, she'll always be known as national champion Leah Thomas. And there's nothing you can do about it. With that in mind, my first guest this week. And this first guest is special to me. Because this first guest of Pride Month 2022 was the first solo guest that yours truly had as a solo host back in 2021. And back then, she was a girl with a big dream. The dream, an LPGA tour card. And she took that dream all the way to Q School last year. Fell a little short, but still had a great experience and was able to get some things done for 2022. And in the offseason, she worked it, worked it, worked it, worked it. If you don't believe me, Check her Instagram sometime. She's hitting that gram harder than Megan the Stallion. I'll tell you that. And this coming Memorial Day weekend into next week, hopefully she gives me a birthday present. A big fat win at the Colorado Women's Open. But enough of me talking about it. I want to hear from her. Welcome back, live and direct from the planet they call Florida. Haley Davidson, trans golf pro extraordinaire. Welcome back to the transporter room. Energize. How's it going? Thanks for having me. 
it's good to have you back. And first and foremost, you've been putting in that work, girl. I see you. <laughs> I see I, do, I, you checked your, I checked that gram out. In fact, that background, that's from the gram right there. That's from one of your shots on the gram right there. Look at seeing that swing. I know. I was scared. Talk, I was talk about the work you've been doing. I was going to break my thumb. <laughs> but that's one thing. Talk about the work you've been doing. Because on Instagram, every Instagram post, it seems like something's getting better. The light bulbs are coming on. More is happening with your game. What's been going? What's the difference between Haley Davidson last year and Haley Davidson 2.0 this year? Yeah, so uh, a few things. One, um, last year I was working all during the day, so like your typical nine to six job. So I only had max two days a week to work or two days a week to practice. Um, after Q school didn't go too well. Um, luckily, where I work is almost a 24-7 kind of job, so I was able to shift more towards working at night, which as much as I hate working at nights, um, it gives me until about two o'clock in the afternoon every day now to practice. So, I mean, going from max two days a week to, you know, at, at least seven, you know, that, that's a huge change, especially in the summer down here. If you only get two days off to practice, it could be rain in those two days, you know, you might miss a whole week or two. So it, uh, it really, that was a huge change. Um, I also ended up changing swing coaches earlier this year. Um, just, I would, there was nothing obviously bad about who I was seeing. Skip was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I don't think we saw overly eye to eye on what I was going through and, you know, being a trans athlete and especially with how controversial it's become. I think there was kind of that break. So we never really worked on much of my full swing ever. I mean, we worked on putting every time I ever saw him, which was great. You know, my, my putting improved drastically, but at the same time, when you're putting in that kind of money and I don't have it in the first place to be shelling out, you know, I'd like to get a little bit more out of it. Um, so I was able to switch to a guy called Tony Ziegler earlier this year. Um, who's just, he works with a bunch of LPGA girls, but he's just he's so fantastic with things. You know, he's um, good friends with Lisa Cornwell, uh, who obviously went through a lot of her stuff um, at Golf Channel. So he's just, he's very accepting of the community to begin with, which for me is really cool. And a coach, you know, it's more welcoming of me to like, you know, text him a video of my swing and, and get a response as to, okay, maybe do this. You know, I, I didn't have that a year ago. So um, just a few things. And, you know, again, it's nothing wrong with skip. It's just every coach is different and everyone teaches different. Um, so uh, to be honest, if I, <laughs> I wish my body could move the way certain like things skip was trying to get me to do, but again, we're all built differently. So I uh, luckily I was able to find someone who just the way he works was a little more comfortable for the way my body moves and you know everyone's different with that so it's it's like any other sport everyone teaches differently and and there's a different style for everyone so it just took me a bit to, to find the right person for the right style so it's uh i've only had two lessons so far but honestly in those two it's it's been drastic now how has all this work translated to the results because I've seen a lot of leaderboards and you're running near the front. Yeah. So, um, what was it? My third, third tournament this year, um, was right after I had my first lesson with Tony and it was, I mean, with any first lesson, it's a little hectic anyway. They're kind of trying to get to know you and get to know your swing. But after that first lesson, I went out and had my first tournament where I shot under par every day. You know, I shot obviously under par in a tournament, but I'd never broken par in every round. Um, and that was like five days after my first lesson. And, you know, it wasn't like anything drastic we did. It was just something small. Um, I think that was red uh, tournament at Redtail. I came in sixth. So even though I came in second or third the week before, honestly, I played a lot better um, when I came in sixth place. It was a little stronger of a field. Um, and then that kind of just finally knowing what, like what to work on after that everything just slowly you know changed from there so the next couple tournaments were a little rough just obviously still getting used to where things should be and you know a little new movement but uh 
the consistency was so much different. You know, I was I never really lost a ball much. You know, it's always in play. My my ball striking was hugely different, and honestly, that's what killed me at Q school last year. I mean, I to be honest, I feel like if I had a lesson with Tony before Q school, I would have had no issue getting through first stage. Um, just because he's, I don't know, I just I love the way he's been teaching me, and it, it just it fits me really well. So I'm. Um, uh, that's why that's another reason why I'm very excited to see where kind of the rest of the year and and hopefully if we keep working together uh, the rest of well my hopeful career can go. So now what's the biggest adjustment you think he's made in your game? Yeah, so <laughs> what was it? Uh, a few weeks ago when I came I came in second uh two tournaments ago. And uh interesting thing I was blading every single wedge from like 70 yards and and this was normally never an issue of mine um but it was interesting so many things that you would think would be the cause of the problem more or less he went looked at me and it was instead of sitting there my kind of shoulders being this way i was you know say if i was going in that direction my shoulders would be tilted up which when you're coming in with your shoulders tilted up i mean it's going to be hard to find the ground in the first place. You know, you're always going to be swinging up on everything. So just, and, and obviously it wasn't anything drastic, but it was just enough where the course I was playing at was really tight. So because the, the fairways went longer and I couldn't get under it a little easier on just any shot. So the fairways were really tight and firm and there's no room for error. It was immediate bounce off the ground and the ball was shooting miles long. So, uh, yeah, it was a little, you know, I, I did that seven times in a tournament and I came in second. So I, I took that as a positive. You know, I had been a shot that just killed me and, you know, still able to come in second. So it's, uh, that's something I've, to be honest, I feel like I put any wedge video you see me post, that has been 100% of what I've been doing in that video is that shoulder and like where my weight is because. Oh my god! I was just—I was going the opposite way, and my body was going that way, and my shoulders were going that way. You know, didn't make any sense. So it's—we're uh, slowly getting there. It's—it's it's one of those things that I guess I got into such a bad habit. It's just take a little time to get out of it. Now, this past week you had a tournament, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, had to drop out before third round. Heading into it, shot a seventy-six and a seventy-two. How do you bounce back from that and be ready for what's to come? Yeah, so, well, it's funny enough. So, actually, I, I started the third round. Um, you know, I was in, like, eighth place or something. And I didn't play good in the first round. Um, but then I finished, what was three under my last four holes or five holes in the second round. Um, so, after that, it was a little more, when I say, like, energized, obviously not because I ended up throwing up in the heat a few times after that round. Um, but it was difficult because since I was still in the running to, you know, make money and stuff, it was very difficult for me to drop out because I don't I don't have the funds to be because you don't get refunded anything if you withdraw. So I don't get any of that back. So I, you know I I really pushed myself. I went and started the third round. First hole scrapped the par, second hole made a birdie and I you know I think I was like even par through six holes or something and then i got to the seventh tee and it was just it's a straight up hill tee shot and i just started to feel all the same kind of nasty feelings i was feeling the day before you know probably just sort of things like dehydration and, and all of that um so you know the way i saw it was i have a big tournament next week why try to stick it out and play my last 12 holes and make myself even worse or more sick to where i might not be able to play next week I'd rather, you know, unfortunately have to call it quits now, which sucks because if I'd have been even the rest of my round, I would have finished in fifth. So uh, it sucks like kind of had to miss out on a payday that way. But, uh, you know, I've started to learn, especially now as I'm turning 30 this year, um, your health is a lot more important than anything else. June 1st. Okay. Take that first tee at Green Valley Ranch, Denver, Colorado. You've been working on your driving, so you're going to be hitting at altitude. Ball's going to be flying. I know. I've never played out there. I'm kind of excited slash worried for that because I feel like during my practice round, everything is just going to be 
20 yards long. It's, it's going to be such like a mental thing for him. No, I'm excited for that, though. What about this tournament has you the most fired up to play in it? Because I know you went through a lot just to get the opportunity to <laughs> finally play. I know that there was there was the controversy. Uh, yeah. Because you know, Which, can't be trying yeah. to just enter something. Someone's got to have an issue. Well, and uh, I'll touch on that real quick. So, so the big issue there was, it wasn't like the U.S. Open last year where I was just entering the tournament and they had to decide. Um, so I finished second on our tour standings out of 173 players, um, which earned me an exemption into it. So the big issue was the fact that they had already given me something and were then attempting to retract it. That's where the kind of end point i feel like for them they're more pressured into hey you know we need to say yes because it, you know it don't you know obviously it's not nowhere close to the extent but it's you know similar to what like uh, desantis was trying to do with leah thomas in florida you know and take away that medal you know that was the first thing i thought you know the other girl that qualified is sitting and asked me oh do you want to play in this and let's go to our hotel i'm like i i still don't even know if i'm playing you know and it's 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 frustrating when you earn something and then you're still told, hey, it's not yours yet. Now someone else still gets to decide. It's like, really, I went through the same thing all everyone else did, but okay. It's, you know, but it's just another thing. It, it helps change policies. It, uh, you know, I, I've helped change that policy. Um, I actually, I learned yesterday from one of the, the players who was on the Epson tour at the time, when I changed, helped change the LPGA policy, um, and I never knew this. Apparently, an email was sent out to every LPGA member informing them of the policy change. Um, I never knew that. Like, so finding that out, I, that's kind of cool that everyone got like uh, updated and informed of what I, I, you know, I figured it was just okay. Let's. I was able to help change it. But that was going to be it. I didn't know they were actually going to, you know, kind of post it and let everyone know. So it was a uh, kind of nice to know that happened. Uh, you know, as much as it, it sucks to deal with these things, um, I'd rather me deal with them and me fix them and get them over with. That way, the next 5, 10, 15 people behind me don't have to deal with it at all. So that's kind of, it sucks, but, you know, it, it's it's better off. You know, I feel like I'm strong enough and I've, I've done it a couple of times before that I'd rather me deal with some hardships and, and some people who are going through a lot tougher times don't have to deal with it because, you know, who knows, maybe they not might not be able to cope with it as well and I'd much rather not put that in someone else when, you know, I, I've been able to kind of earn the platform I have now. So I just want to make sure I use it in the absolute very best way that every other person that comes after me, because I sure as hell hope there are a lot more trans golfers out there. And I know there are. And I just I hope everything I am doing just kind of gives them a little light to be like, you know what? I don't have to give up anymore. I, I can still do this. If Haley can do it. I sure as hell can because she's weird. I am too. <laughs> so, you know, but like that, that's all I really want to give, you know. So, as much as I dwell on these things at the time and, and as much as it, it sucked, um, I know I did get a few reminders. Like my best friend told me, you know, just, just try to look at it in that light of it, it's helping others. So, you know, as, as frustrated as I get, and even at the same time where I thought, even if they say no, you know, it's like, you know what? I'm still going to fight it that even though if I may not get to play this year, I'm still going to fight it. So the next time someone still doesn't have to deal with it. So kind of regardless of what happens to me, I'm still going to make sure that it uh, ends up a little better for someone else. You'll be teeing off on the first day of pride. Oh yeah. You're going to be teeing off with all the things that's going on. How do you think your emotions are going to be when you step into that tee box? With well, all the things for you, all the things going on, and the fact that hey, it's day one of Pride. So I've got this. When I got to play in the San Francisco Pride thing last year with Tat Fujikawa, uh, I can't remember the hat company, but they made us these really, really cool, like funky Pride hats. Say San Francisco Pride on it with all these crazy color logos. Needless to say, that hat will be there. Um, I I was able to help actually design the uh pride shoes for noble um this year well i helped do it last year so any any black coloring you see on the, the bottom or sole of the shoe that was me <laughs> um 
So I'm trying to, we're trying to see if I can get a pair of those before that way I can have them. Cause I, you know, I'm not much to like stand out how it dresses, which it's funny. I say that there's a bright colored shirt of me behind you. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't go like too crazy, but no, I've, I, I've got it kind of planned out that I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, every, I, you know, as much as I just want to kind of be myself, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm still showing myself because yeah, it's Pride month. I'm not going to hide who I am. So I'm going to make sure I have that bright colored hat on and any other little thing. I'm going to try to get my nails done the first day because I get out there a couple days early. So I'm still trying to think of what funky to do with them. So, oh no, I will, I will more than certainly be showing my pride all three days of the bathroom. Hey, think you can think you can work a little azure salmon and cream in there. We're going to get a little trans pride color in there when, at some point oh, in the tournament. That's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. I need to look now. Okay, I've, I've got a day and a half to plan my outfits before I travel. So that's a good idea. Oh, I could do the flags or something. That'd be kind of cool. Okay, you gave me some ideas. I like this girl. Thank you. This is fantastic. Well, always, always glad to help. In fact, somebody else who I talked to also said that they are a big fan of yours, and they're always glad to help. Somebody okay. who was a somebody was on this podcast back in January when all hell was breaking loose with Leah Thomas. Maya Reddy. Ah, I love Maya. Yeah, she just graduated. And not only that, back then she she told me, oh no, huge fan of Haley Davidson. She says you and two communicate kind of on the regular. Uh, what are yeah, some of the things a... she's kind of told you to kind of prepare you for what could be coming next, given that she's lived a lot of that? Well, which she gives me a lot. Um, and there's a lot of moments where, like, say, the USGA situation last year. You know, I was kind of worried, like, okay, what if they say no? What do I do? Um, but because of, like, what, you know, she's gone through and because of just her advocacy in general and then her going to law school and just people she knows, instead of just kind of, again, being there as, like, a support, it was like, no we're going to find the right people and we're going to make this, we're going to fix like, you know, we're going to tackle this. So it was, you know, it more or less helped me gain that ambition to know that, you know, just because of who I am, I shouldn't just take no for an answer. You know, um, I want to make sure, especially after learning a lot of what Maya went through, I want to, again, make sure, even though she's not trans, she's still dealt with a lot. And I want to make sure, Hopefully others don't have to deal with that. And again, I know that's something she wants to as well. So, you know, it's nice to have, it's nice to know someone who has like same, same kind of like passion and drive, especially within golf because it, it is kind of difficult because golf is such a conservative space. So, you know, she's just opened up my mind to more, you know, more welcoming things within golf. And to be honest, she's given me most of the opportunities I've gotten. She's the only reason I have, you know, any relationship with like Noble now, and you know, it's just, just been a huge help for me. So, even though we may not they like communicate with me all the time, just because she's obviously just graduated law school, um, but at the same time, she's just so incredibly, you know, helpful, um, just in regards to that, and kind of a reminder that, you know, anytime I feel like potentially giving up, or like say with when the Colorado situation came up again. Um, you know, it's just that, that reminder to, you know, there is no give up, um, because if I give up, then it just puts the weight on someone else in the future. Um, and, and that's, that's the last thing I want to do. I'm not that person, you know, so, um, I'd much rather me go through 10 times more than the other person go through nothing. Um, so it, it kind of gives me that nice reminder every now and then, because she's, she's so much of that herself, you know, she'd much rather her go through something and just help others. And I know, you know, her fiance is pretty much the same thing. So there's just, to be honest, it's like a power couple. It's frustrating. <laughs> it shouldn't well, be Well, one thing about mine <laughs> is when th when it really got thick, when it started getting mm -hmm. thick with the Leah Thomas situation, she spoke out. And, and she signed the, the paper, whatever it was. I think she was part of the, the pen's 
whatever. Well, oh, yeah, so, she yeah. drafted it. That was it. Yep. That's yeah, she it drafted it. <laughs> but as all that was going on, you were building your game up. What was your thoughts on that whole situation? January, February, leading up to NCAAs, and just a couple weeks after that, you were teeing off for your first tournament. Yeah, so um, interesting. Um, I, well, I didn't know much about her other than luckily through Maya um, and through what she was like posting on social media and stuff. So, you know, I I, I knew a bit from it, obviously. I tried to keep myself from comment sections and stuff because I am the person who will just you know off on people. I like to call it facting people because I go in there with actual real facts, you know, rather than made up things um, and sources and you know things to provide that info, um, <laughs> which is kind of rare nowadays. But no, um, what was it? It was the day before the tournament. I came or right, it was like the week before the tournament. I came in second. At um, which was like like two tournaments ago, it was a couple months ago, and uh, it was right after I live in Florida. It was right after Ron DeSantis ruled that Leah Thomas wouldn't be the NCAA winner in Florida. Thought it would be you know whoever came in second, uh, and and I eventually learned that I guess he grew up in Florida, so that was his whatever his idiocy behind it. Um, anyway, um, that my whole thought going into that tournament was. It motivated me so much to want to win. I mean, first of all, starting that tournament, I knew I had to finish at least in the top three um, to, to kind of get the exemptions I was able to earn through it. So I knew in the point standings, that's where I had to be. Um, but that just like triply motivated. You know, I used to be such an angry kid. So I think I'm, I'm able to kind of harness these things a little now. You know, instead of taking the anger and just being pissed off at the world, yes, I was, but at the same time, I kind of harnessed that into my own motivation. Um, so like I said, I, you know, I had seven shots that really killed me, but I think because of what was going on, all I thought in the back of my head was, I just want to win this to give a big middle finger to Ron Santos and be like, <laughs> have fun trying to take this from me. That's, that's all I thought from the start of that personal. I mean, I almost like forgot about anything else. All I thought was, I don't really care what goes on. I just know that I have the ability to play well right now. And as long as I can put my mind to it, that just, that motivated me for some reason really hard. To, <laughs> and it's not like I'm going to try to make some statement or something, but that that's the first thing I thought. I was like, you know what? It's it's ironic he's going through this and I just want to do this because not only would it be me doing it, a trans person, it'd be a trans person doing it in his state. So, and I just, I really wanted to be like, you know what? Try and take it. I will gladly sit here and do whatever it takes you know just i just i, I kind of i almost wanted that to come at me in a way just to win it in that attempt to be there because i i've done nothing to hide of myself you know like i've i've shown my medical records to like lps like they have full access to everything i've got nothing to hide of who i am and what i've been through you know so like come at me come at me with anything you're, you're nothing's gonna be said to hurt me or whatever probably true you know i'm honest I, I know who i am i don't hide things i don't do anything like secret so please try to come at me because if you find something it will be more than surprising to me. <laughs> it'll be something i already didn't know gut reaction i'm gonna give you something gut reaction don't say gay scream it as loud as you can um. It, oh my God! Well, it's been, so I live. There's so many things with that because not only it affects where I live because of what DeSantis did. Now our property taxes are going to go up, which you know obviously he's telling all the all the news and oh yeah Disney's going to pay for it. No, they're not. Our property taxes are going up because of it, and unfortunately. They don't care if you're Republican or Democrat when your taxes go up next year at least 25% because of what's being done at Disney if you live in the same. So it's just, it's so much political theater for things that, like, don't, they, they, they don't, like, we're, it's just a political show because there's nothing they actually have to, to better the community. It's like, hey, who can we attack? You know, I, I don't know, like, in regards to that, I don't know if you just saw 
the the right wing media just trying to blame, you know, a trans person for the shooting. Like it's just it's so constant, you know, that it's just it's almost as sad as it is, like the don't say gay stuff. I almost it's almost like it's not like it was unexpected. I mean, he's he's a it's just, you know, it's it's sad to say you're almost not shocked when these things happen. Like as much as you hate to see them, it doesn't surprise you. It's almost like you see them coming, but there's no way to stop them. You know, it's just, it's it's kind of like, what do we do? Um, but instead of, you know, what do we do and lose hope? It's, I want to make sure it's, what do we do and go find a solution. So I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm in my own mind trying to help think of a, you know, a solution as well. So it's, confusing uh, you know i, I just I, I feel so miserable for every kid that's actually affected by this because you know i i know you know i i came and think to understand because you know yes i grew up in like a more conservative area but it's not like these things were hidden from being talked about like it just it doesn't make any sense to me i that yeah now one thing you mentioned this is something you really want to do Mm-hmm. You want to do this. But Pink Floyd wrote a song about what it takes to do it. Money. So, and I know you've been putting up a crowdfunder out there. I am going to give you the transporter room and address the people directly to get people to make an investment in Haley Davidson. The floor is yours. Um, so I do have a GoFundMe. Um, now, with that being said, funds are tight for everyone. That, that's the first thing I'm always going to start with. You know, I'm the last person that's going to sit there uh, and ask for money. I know um, there's times where I think when I first started it, uh, a friend sent me $20 and I tried to send it back because I just, you know, I, I felt bad for doing it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, this next tournament I'm playing in could be my last one for a couple months. Um, you know, any any help is appreciated if, again, if you have it. Um, I'm never going to ask anyone for something they don't have. With that being said, a share is always free. You know, I, when I put that link up online, that share button is always free to click, and I always appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, just, just any spread in the word. And it's uh, to be honest, it's just if I can get my story in front of the right person, um, so again, even if a thousand people don't donate anything, but a thousand people share it, you know, that's so many more eyes it gets in front of. Um, so, you know, it, as much as a, a donation and, and stuff is great, to be honest, just keep spreading the word because uh, I don't want to sit here and ask people for money who don't have it when there are certainly people who do. And all it takes is just getting in front of that right person. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will be posting my family just gladly share spread the word anything you know i'm you know i'm trying to make it to where i can i just unfortunately don't have the the funding to get there which is a little annoying since i'm i know i'm right there like ability wise kind of on that next level i just need the funds to kind of keep it going um you know and unfortunately with how controversial um trans athletes are a lot of you know, a lot of sponsors and stuff I'll reach out to. Obviously, it's not said directly, but it is something it's very difficult for a lot of sponsors to want to touch right now because at the same time, they maybe don't want to be the sponsor putting money up uh, if you're a trans athlete. And then, it, you know, they're always worried about what it's going to do for their business or things like that. So it's, uh, you know, I feel like in a bad way, I've become kind of untouchable in the last few months because it's like, hey, we just we want to avoid that. You know, we don't want to, get into controversy because unfortunately it's been become it's become so political that people want to make it controversial so uh you know if i can't get maybe those people to share it you know any any share from anyone is always appreciated and it's you know if i can maybe get it in front of the right eyes then it's always helpful so uh any shares are always appreciated well i can tell you what you're gonna get at least one share guaranteed one in fact two my personal yes. Twitter, I'm sharing it. And then the liner notes, I'm sharing it. Appreciate and it. Thank you. I'm putting up a challenge to, to, to transport a room nation. I want to see you make it rain for Haley Davidson all month. Then this Pride Month, 
that money that you are going to give some company that threw rainbow on like potato chips, don't give them that money. Don't give them that money. Instead of that $50 drink. Transfers. Yeah. Instead of that $50 drink at Pride, don't do that. Don't do that. Give that money to Haley. Give that money to an actual trans person who's trying to do a little something, something. Because Haley's been doing a lot of something, something. Haley, good luck in Colorado. We're going to be following you. We're going to be following you. And as always, always have a seat on this forum. Anytime you need to get beamed up, we want you here. And when you get that tour card, oh, I'm telling you, first tournament, I'm there. Oh, and I'll be back on here as much as I can. No, I love talking no, early. So I thank you never, so much. I appreciate that. But that first tournament, I am there. You will you'll be, be seeing me. You'll be seeing me at the first tee. I'll make sure you're behind the ropes. Don't worry. <laughs> I appreciate Don't it. Don't worry. Well, hey, you hey, you got to get yourself packed up and get to Denver. So I'm going to beam you back down. And Haley Davidson, thank you for being on the transporter room. And hearing that red alert question, what that means, got to give love to the sponsors. But when we come back, you know, there was a 12-year-old we had on the show about a month and a half ago. Well, that 12-year-old is back to give their findings of, the, of their own study they did on trans athletes. And they're going to give us a presentation of what they learned. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. And welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm your host, Carly Chardonnay Webb. And we're bringing back a new friend of the podcast this week. On May 4th, we brought in an enterprising 12-year-old non-binary swimming champion in the making from Boston named Maya, who was working on a very interesting research project. They wanted to know exactly what the temperature is when it comes to transgender participation in sports. So they went out and got a lot of information and a lot of opinions from people across the country, including yours truly. And recently at their school's grad night, they released the findings of this research project. Now, what was the project about? I'm gonna take you back to May 4th and give you the broad strokes. It's at the end, the last year of my school, because I'm at the last year for my school. Um, we do a project, like every grad does this, about any topic we choose. And at the end of the year, there's like a huge presentation. And so right now, I need a, I'm like getting um, information and stuff for like to put onto my poster that I'm going to be making. And I've made a survey um, that I've got a lot of response for, which is pretty cool. And so then, yeah, I'm doing this interview. So that's basically it. Maya, I want to I put an offer towards you. I would like you to come back. I would like you to be on my podcast when you have your data ready. And I want you to present your data on my podcast. I'd like you to do that. Would you? Yes, that would be. Wow. Yes, I think I would do that. Wow. Okay. And Maya is back here to this forum to explain their findings. So, coming in from Boston, we're beaming them up. Maya, welcome back to the Transporter Room. Energize. Hi. So, as you know, this is my project I did on transgender athletes. So, to start, I had to come up with a broad question, and that was, do transgender athletes have a physical advantage over cisgender athletes? Because that question has been in the news so much lately. Then I had to find background research. One of the main things I found out of that is that transgender athletes' abilities vary just as much as cisgender athletes. After that, I had to come up with a specific question, and that was, would the stories of transgender athletes change people's minds about them? So after that, I created a survey to see if they would. 
People that were 10 to 81 took in, and most of them lived in New England, which is a pretty progressive area. And if the survey, the people who took the survey lived in somewhere else, I'm sure they would be very different. That gives me hope that if lawmakers decided that in New England there should be laws against trans athletes, that the people wouldn't like them. So I found out that sometimes the stories of transgender athletes do change people's minds about them, but that's not always the case. Some people's opinions are just so strong in their heads, but it's a good place to start. So what were some of the opinions that came up? Where were, where were people on this issue? So most of the people were not really against transgender athletes. Um, almost uh, Most of them said that transgender athletes should compete with the gender they identify with. But a few times people said they shouldn't. And after watching the video, that didn't change much. But something that really did change after watching the video was when I asked the question, I'm sorry, wait, <laughs> what the question was, could we just edit that part out? Um, oh, when I asked the question, oh, <laughs> I forgot again. Okay. All right, when I asked the question, um, should there be a separate team for transgender athletes? And before watching the video, a lot of people said yes, but after watching the video, many people said no, and transgender athletes should compete on the same teams as cisgender athletes. Now, so Maya, one question. What was in this video? Okay, so it was by a transgender athlete, and for some parts of it, she was putting um, fairness over inclusion. And so I think that would have been a good thing to write if I was to do this again. But um, I, that was the only video I found, and I don't think people would have wanted to read long articles. So, and in the video, she was um, talking about how sometimes she might think she might have an unfair advantage over cisgender athletes. But I wish she had included in there that she still deserves to play on the female team. Now, where did that video come from? The New York Times. Oh, now I know exactly the video that you're talking about. So with that in mind, with that video in mind, did did people in the survey get to see that video? Yes. What were some of the opinions? So I didn't read all of the opinions from after watching the video, but I asked what they learned from them, and they said that most people said that she was being honest and I think she could have been like a little more honest maybe in saying that like to herself that she deserves to compete on the female team that's something I really wish she had added now as far as some of the questions themselves what were some of the results that, that you got how did the numbers break down I'm sorry wait I mean, pretty much, were there percentages involved on, like, where people's opinions are? If so, where did that, where did, where did those percentages fall? Were people for, were they against, where were they? Okay, so this was the data that I collected. Um, as you can see, for this one, it stayed pretty much the same. Um, but I think it did get a little better it's because it said, do you think transgender athletes have physical advantage over cisgender athletes? And after watching the video, wait, no, actually, no, it got worse after watching the video because um, one more person said it depends and didn't say no. Um, next, so my question was, in sports where teams are divided by gender, should a transgender athlete compete with the gender they identify with? And sadly, after watching the video, someone said no, which was pretty upsetting, and I had not expected that to happen. For my last one, I, the question was, should there be a separate team for transgender athletes? And so many, most people said no. Some people said it depends. After watching the video, many people had mixed answers, but most of their answers were like only on adult teams if transgender people want to, but I do think um, less people, uh, sorry, I do think, but 
besides that, less people, more people said no, there should not be a separate team for transgender athletes. So based on that, what, what conclusions did you come to? So the conclusion I came to is that the stories of transgender athletes do not always change people's minds. Sometimes they do, but sometimes it can be very hard to change people's minds. But it's a good first place to start in changing people's minds. Now, what are some of your viewpoints? What do you think about what you're seeing, what you're hearing out here in regards to the laws that are trying to be passed? And as a swimmer, I mean, you had a fellow swimmer go through this. What was that like for you hearing Leah's story and what's your own personal thoughts on all of these issues? Yeah, it's so frustrating how all these laws are targeting youth, even though youth should be able to compete in whatever sport with whatever gender they identify with. So, and for Leah Thomas, she is, does not have an unfair advantage. She is just a swimmer and wants to be treated fairly. So it's so frustrating how so many people are blaming her and just saying so many hurtful things. Now, did you get a chance to see her compete? I did not. And what what was your reaction when you heard that she won? Well, it was like pretty cool that she was like the first transgender athlete to win an NCAA. Um, and, but I did know that there would be a lot of hateful comments after that, which is just like so frustrating because if a transgender athlete wins in something, that's when they'll get the hateful comments, even though, but if a cisgender athlete won something, they would get no hateful comments. And that is just really unfair. In your presentation, you talk about famous transgender athletes and you have some heavy hitters there. I mean, you went way, way back gave us Renee Richards, and, you know, and of course, Skylar Bylar. Everyone loves Skylar. Yeah. Everyone, isn't he cool? Yeah, he really is. And, and Chloe Anderson, who's another friend of the podcast, Hannah Muncy, who we're working on getting on the podcast. Hannah, we want you. Leah, we want you too. And of course, we're, we're working on it. By the end of this year, I will get Tiffany Abreu here. Because I love some Tiffany. She's an awesome player. Yeah, she really... Of course, Laurel Hubbard. What in the world am I doing there? (laughs) What? Come on. Come on. That should have been at least CeCe Telford's spot or Haley Davidson's spot. But what am I doing there? (laughs) I mean, I'm flattered. I mean, I can't hold a candle to these great athletes who are out here. But, hey, I'm flattered that you put me on it. Famous transgender athlete, yeah. Famous transgender weekend at famous transgender bench warmer, maybe. <laughs> what is it like for you being 12 years old and just coming up to the really the beginnings of sport for you and seeing that I have people I can follow, I have people I can root for, I have people who did this. Yeah, it's it makes me really happy to see that there are so many transgender athletes, not the only one that's in that they are all just so amazing and inspiring. It's just so nice to see representation. Also, the fact that there are more, for example, the the first trans medal winner. In fact, they won a gold medal at the Olympics. It was a non-binary athlete. We've had Quinn on the show twice now. <laughs> hey, and 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 we like you a third time, Quinn. You're just saying. Um, I wonder where's mom. Mom, get in here. Coach. Mom, get in here. Hi. Mom, you weren't. Mom, you weren't ducking this. Ma'am, you weren't ducking this show. You weren't. I was right there. <laughs> oh, you weren't ducking. No, but but you thought like, oh, Maya's got this. I don't want to be on camera. No, you're. Yeah. No, you're being a part of this. What's your thoughts? on what your child has put together at the grad night and now put together here? Um, we have been absolutely floored by Maya going through this process. Besides the fact that being 12 and putting together a project is in itself a massive task, um, to do it with passion 
And to do it in a way that everyone could see for our family to last night, everyone in the room, how Maya was working to help people understand. Maya has such an awesome outlook on in good, the good of people, the good of what should be good in themselves. And I think everyone who saw Maya last night, and I hope everyone who hears Maya sees that and all the Mayas out there, let them be strong. Let these kids shine, do their thing. Whatever your world's, wherever you go, wherever Maya goes, want these kids to shine because they're kids. Now, as a parent, you're seeing what's happening right now across this country. You're seeing what's happening, that sport is being used as a means to attract trans people, especially trans youth. You even saw it in your in your own state just three years, just almost four years ago, with question three. And you're seeing what happened with the flap concerning Leah Thomas, which in a way affects Maya because Maya is in that same sport. What's it been like for you being a parent of a trans child right now? Say that the word world is having a lot of trouble right now. And I I think all we can do is to be with Maya and have Maya do what Maya does. And what I loved about what Maya did here in sharing stories and the survey was to get word out and try to help people understand. So Maya's acting as a teacher. So what can you do with a broken world as you can teach people? And I think Maya's that's my path right now. It's not easy. Well, but Maya, we're supporting Maya, so. Well, Maya, so school's out. So what is the plan for the summer? Um, well, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of swimming this summer. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to an overnight camp. Um, that's um, last year. That was the overnight camp where I came out to my dad right when he was about to leave me there. Um, what else are we going to do? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what, because I'm impressed by what you put together. In fact, I want to put some fuel in your tank. I want. I am going to send you a lot of information on even more trans athletes. Call it a summer project. I want you to enhance this and make it even better. So I'm going to be sending you some more information, a lot of different things. Would you like that? I was like homework. <laughs> no, this is no, this isn't homework. This is this is summer fun. But also, I'd like to make an offer to you. I'd like you to be a correspondent for the transporter room, which means anytime you got an idea for a story, you tell me about it, and then you put it together, record it, and I will run it on my podcast. Wow. I'm, I'm making this offer to you right now because well, I am so impressed with what you did. I think we'll have to sit on that. Thank you, Carly. Well, hey, my people will contact your people. But Maya, this was excellent. It was well done. Maya, Jennifer, thank you for being a part of the transporter room. I'm going to beam you both back down to Boston. Enjoy the summertime, and we'll be in touch. You're awesome. Because I'd love, to, I'd love to have you be a special correspondent to the transporter room. So I'm going to beam you both back down. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Haley Davidson, for being a part of the show. And thanks to all of you. 
out there in Transporter Room Nation for being so supportive and being so supportive of me as I begin my second year as a solo host of this. And this is my first show as a 51-year-old, so let's keep it going. And just a note, if there's something you want to see or something you want to say about what we're doing here at the Transporter Room, please leave a message on our Facebook page, leave a message on our Twitter page, and leave a message at our Instagram presence, Transporter Room 10 Forward. Because everything I do, I do for you, the people who support us. And that's the Transporter Room. The first show during Pride Month. And just a quick reminder, pride is a fight back. And now more than ever, what's happening, we need fight back right now. That's the Transporter Room for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper and steady as she goes. I'll see you next week. And oh yes, happy pride.